0: The discovery of psychedelics is the discovery that all of this cultural machinery is just Wizard of Oz stuff. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. That's it. How did it feel to you? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. No prophecy.
1: Welcome
2: to the Astral Mind Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Camel Kez. Thank you so much for joining us on this next episode of the Astral Mind Podcast. If you're new here hello welcome i love your faces uh go ahead and subscribe if you're on youtube if you're on tiktok you're coming from tiktok thank you so much for joining me uh everything on this podcast on this channel is patreon supported so if you guys want to support the work that we're doing and the people that come onto this show please consider becoming a patreon of mine or supporting in any of the ways that are linked below without further ado i'm inviting sean onto the show He is a wonderful person. He's got his books in schools. He's gotten his books uh, looked at and used by the Navy SEALs. His book called Mind Hacking Happiness. Uh, And he's a prominent voice on TikTok where he talks about enlightenment. And he gives it to you in one minute on TikTok. So uh, pleased to invite him to the show. I don't
1: know. I try. I, <laughs> I don't know do if I actually job. succeed at anything. I don't know if you can get like a real message across in like less than a minute. It's hard on TikTok. I There's so it. many people that complain about it too. They're like,
2: what is there to be a part two? It's like, dude, you don't I even mean, understand. I only I have one this minute. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, feel like Neo feel like some of the time.
0: A lot of people get upset about that. I know, I remember when the part twos just came out on TikTok. It was like, no, I'm not going to your channel to see like this part two you should have put it in the video, but Like, realizing that there is a lot of information that needs to be put in just a minute is, like, impossible. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm
1: getting really comfortable with the fact that, you know, it's just going to take 30 or 40 videos on some of these (laughs) topics to be able to. And so I figured out, all right, what graphics do I need to put so that it's at least Mm -hmm. easier for these people to pick out the the one thread that they're interested in on my page.
0: (laughs) Right, Mm. right. And then also having to put in the captions now. It's like, I know they made an app for that, but, like, before they did that, it was like. Putting in those captions, man, that took forever.
1: Mm. Yes, and it's so important. I mean, I mm-hmm. I don't do it yet. I'm just about to. Now that they have an app, it's like okay, it's it's mm-hmm. easy enough for me to do by myself <laughs> now. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. But it's so important because the automation, the algorithms want to pick your you know, any graphics off yeah. of your video or any text mm-hmm. off of your video, and then that tags that mm-hmm. and helps them identify them in the higher. Um, confidence that they have that you know your content will work with somebody else they'll put your content in front of that person who has your interest area Mm -hmm. before the other people who don't have the text and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. yeah it's so
2: important and i i really appreciate that that was one of my favorite things uh about tiktok getting on it was just how easy it was to be noticed like everyone has a chance on the for you page uh and i didn't even know that about text on screen uh, and I, I was thinking to myself, do I really have to put text in these videos? But I find that the videos that I put text in, uh, they do much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, way you know, better. for the deaf community as well, if people are coming across mm-hmm. a video and it's just like I have the whole technique. Because that's what I do on my on my page is I just give techniques like how to do this, how to do that. And, you yeah. know, try to try to cut it up in a way, like you said, to make it uh, more palatable. Uh, but before we started the uh, podcast, we were talking a little bit about your setup, which is which is, I think. Rivals the
0: greats.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we put a little bit of time and effort into building a proper
1: studio because um, and and one of the reasons that we built out a studio like this is now I have two co-hosts on the other side of this table. For our two SEALs and a Walrus podcast, I do a mind hacking happiness podcast. Uh, But a couple of the Navy SEALs that uh, have been exposed to my work, they're like, dude, we want to hang out. You know, we're not on active duty anymore. We got regular lives. We live near you. So let's do this thing. And I was like, all right, cool. And so we built a a proper setup. Um, It was one of those things where, like, you know, we're all on the same team and inclusive of you guys here, too. Mm -hmm. We're all on the same team of wanting to spread the message of consciousness expansion, that there's more to you than this body existence and this emotional turmoil that you're experiencing. And, you know, you can literally get in there and turn that stuff down. And, you know, these guys wholeheartedly uh, embrace some of the stuff that I'd put out in some books and to their major success. I mean, they cured self-cured the PTSD and they're dealing with their traumatic brain injury issues with some of the stuff that we've been working with and trying um, and we're helping other people and we're like, okay, if we're going to put this type of a message out to help people look within themselves to find a better existence for themselves, we don't want to have any technological limitations or anything that turns somebody off like with bad audio or bad video or, you know, whatever reason that they come to besides chickening out that they don't want to, you know, dive into themselves Mm -hmm. as deeply Mm -hmm. as they thought they did. Uh, I want that to be the only reason that people
2: leave. Exactly. Is that I actually don't want to do this, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like
1: whoa! I for... I didn't realize how deep this rabbit hole goes, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> man.
2: So uh, you know, uh, I wanted... uh, oh. Go
0: ahead. Um. So i I was actually watching your videos before I got onto the call, and um, I saw you were saying something about it was an emotional report that social media sites make for you, and oh, um, yeah. can you explain more about that?
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, that's some of the work that came out of, you know, so my initial awakening experience that brought on all of this stuff that I'm now spewing out that I've just kind of figured out how to put words to. And by the way, you can't put words to any of this stuff. But um, the, that process of, you know, one of the things that I, I I tell this story in the, in the blue book, in fact, this, I got two books out that were, that they want to, they're going to be one book. And the editor was like, no, it's way too big. And so we had to cut it down into two, basically. Uh, In the second book, I explain um, the enlightenment experience that I had in mass in multiple uh, chapters. And the last part of it was, you know, when you're there and you're in that space of infinite intelligence, infinite wisdom, and you know, absolutely everything about the universe, including the secrets to black holes and all that sort of stuff. Right. (laughs) And then you start to come back from that into a limited mind, um, that can't hold it all. All of a sudden you start to realize, holy shit, I can bring none of this back. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> was, uh, and, and as a last ditch effort, I basically said, okay, I want to look into the cause of a pain and suffering in a human being. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to explain people how to stop that. And, um, one of the thoughts that came, from consciousness at that point was like, yeah, you weren't the first, and I was like, well, that's <laughs> that's kind of a cool joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, right? But but I able I was able to to grasp onto a portion of that infinite intelligence, and this is the cool mm-hmm. thing that I think that has been missing from a lot of people in their you know enlightenment report or their trip report or their whatever it is if they're um, you know using a exogenous psychedelics. Mine was uh, meditation induced,
2: which I extremely
1: respect oh Mm -hmm. awesome thanks Mm -hmm. and it's it's, the same thing i mean really mm -hmm. it's look your brain makes the same chemicals but your brain makes it in a very a very specific soup Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we probably don't yet understand and so it's my position that even though you know i'm wearing a this is your brain this is your brain on psilocybin sweatshirt Uh um which is available two seals and walrus by the way um (laughs) That uh, psychedelics do not get you across the finish line as far as enlightenment is concerned. And so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, I was having this whole, you know, being off in the middle of the universe, being one with God, being absolutely everything, understanding all of space time, having experienced absolutely everything that has ever lived all their lives, that type of thing. And then on the way back, I'm like, holy shit, I got to keep none of this. And then I jumped Mm. through um, what is pain and suffering in a human being and how to how to get through that, how to turn it off. Mm. And then it took me a few years to figure out how to put that together. But then I put that into the mind hacking happiness book, which explains how your negative emotions come to be um, the process of the self within the mind. Um, I did a lot of, a lot of studying on neuroscience, a lot of studying on psychology to figure out the proper words to use. I And, and what's awesome was I wrote about all this stuff and then from about 2007 to 2012, a lot of science came out and proved absolutely every bit of this first book correct, which was amazing. Because hey, before awesome. all of that, I was like that guy, right? I was that guy <laughs> so with my big what theory of everything. Yeah. We're n- Alex
0: Jones, huh? <laughs> it was all
1: bullshit, and it was all like, you know, yeah. oh, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the science came out and said, no, this is exactly how it works. So, no, you're oh right, man. Come on. That's cool. At that least that awesome. for me, that verifies, you know, that the source material that I got this information from was accurate and mm-hmm. was probably, you know, a little more valid than I thought it might be. Because I was like, all right, I don't know <laughs> whether any of this right. stuff is valid or not or that I'm bringing back from where. Who knows? God, <laughs> right. you know what, what, what did I tap into? You know, mm-hmm. like right. all of this, you know, woo woo bullshit. <laughs> um, and then I love that word, woo woo. I yes, love it. Yes. <laughs> and because uh, you got, you know, you got to pull the train whistle, woo woo. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but then the science came out and proved it all correct. Now the cool thing about that is that <clears throat> this, when you understand the the process of your pain and suffering, and this is comes from you know the Buddha and uh, Laoza and all of these people have tried to write about it and teach about it for thousands of years. When you understand that stuff, there's a magic button in your brain that helps you turn it down. Now, the cool thing about turning down your pain and suffering and the processes that creates your internal BS is that when you get beyond those patterns within your physiology, your neurophysiology, and the brain patterns cease... From What they were doing that allows them to open up and do whatever it is that they're doing during a consciousness expansion experience or an enlightenment experience, mm. if you want to put it that that way. And so there's uh, some science by uh, Matt Lieberman at UCLA in 2007, when you put a cognitive understanding to your emotional pain and the, the, the two variables that come together to create your pain it literally turns it off. And it's a function of the brain that's connected with your survival. That when you look down, you see a coil on the ground next to you and your limbic system jumps into action, says, Oh my God, it's a snake. You look down and you see it's a hose. Well, there's a function Mm -hmm. to save your energy for a different emergency that says, shut off the panic, shut off the fear, shut off the negative emotional processing that's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we may need that in 10 minutes when we see a bear, right. Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is, but this, coil here is a hose and it's not a snake mm-hmm. and stop freaking out and immediately <laughs> the fear turns off you're like oh oh mm-hmm. thank us it's a hose not a it's snake a right yeah <laughs> but your limbic system stops firing and that's the thing that shuts off your thinking brain you lose 10 to 20 IQ points yada yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a function of understanding what's going on with your emotional processing mm-hmm. and if you learn how to do that and it's a weird way into kind of a sideways door into the search for enlightenment. But if you learn how to do this kind of stuff, then you can turn off the stuff that blocks you mm. from doing a good astral projection or blocks you from doing a good um, consciousness expansion right. experience. It's that
2: that natural fear that tends to come up. And I, f- I feel like that's a, a big issue that a lot of people run into, especially with astral projection or just things of, uh, when you start getting into deeper things that kind of take you along for the ride um, it's just people are afraid. It's like, I don't yeah. want to see something. I don't want to feel something bad. You know, the ego death sort of sensation uh, that people experience. But uh, if you could go a little bit into your enlightenment, uh, give us a mm. give us a, a snapshot of what that experience was like. What mm. techniques did you use to get there? Because I'm a big technique guy. I like <laughs> techniques, though. The simplest ones always work. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm and they are the simplest.
1: Guy. I'll tell you this. And the, the research that I did, because, all right, and, then, and let me put this into a frame of reference. I knew nothing about enlightenment before mm. it hit me like a Mack truck. That's good. Yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> in, in fact, the only thing that I knew, I knew that the word enlightenment existed. And the only reason I knew that the word enlightenment existed was because of a book that I read by DT Suzuki called introduction to Zen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was just on a path of, um, and I tell this story in the red book where I started, I was like, look, you know, I was a, whiz kid in the computer industry and making a lot of money and had a really nice house and nice cars and all this other stuff and just found out realized that I wasn't happy because at the point that I had after I just signed the papers on a brand new house in the suburbs of Atlanta corner lot double Mm. lot, you know, I got the the SUV and I got the classic 69 Firebird convertible in the garage and I got a speedboat and I got a fast motorcycle and I got, uh, you know, friends coming over in a few mm. hours. The stereo is being delivered and installed as I'm out looking over the the yard. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it was there was this moment in my head where it just kind of stuck with me for a second where I was like, OK, what's next? Mm. And it's like, wait a second. Okay, so 10 years ago, I'm impoverished. I mean, I literally grew up on welfare and food stamps and was that kid who had the ratty-ass clothes and everybody picked on him and was bullied for eight years and all this other shit. Mm. And I went through that process, went into the military, used my GI Bill to get through college, got an amazing job out of absolute luck um, coming out of college to work for a big supercomputer company that just made buku money Mm -hmm. i had a security clearance left from the military which helped me uh climb the ranks within the supercomputing company because supercomputers are used by top secret installations Mm -hmm. and things like that so Mm -hmm. um i was making all kinds of bank and (laughs) tons of friends had a great life had a what i thought was a great relationship with god i mean i was in this christian religion and had a you know i wasn't Mm -hmm. wasn't like you know completely locked down um by that thinking but i had a good what i felt like to be a good personal relationship with a creator type of thing Mm -hmm. and so i'm looking out over all this amazing awesome i won i did it uh environment (laughs) it's over thinking (laughs) yeah what's next and i'm like wait a second if all of this stuff was supposed to deliver me happiness right now as i'm getting all this stuff delivered and paid for and you know it's like it's not like I'm going deep into debt for all this. Mm-hmm. I'm already looking for the next thing that, that might bring a little bit more happiness. What the fuck is going on with that? Mm-hmm. So I took a step back and said, okay, I got to rethink this whole happiness thing. And I got to figure out what's going on with my mind that I'm not, that all this stuff that's supposed to make me happy, this American dream, you know, this, all this mm-hmm. stuff that people tell you about, you get there and then you're not happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or at least I wasn't. I was like, hmm, got to figure that out. So then I started the the trek into... Um, reading about world religions, um, reading about world philosophy, trying to figure out what, what was the the similarities between what I had going on with my religion and the other religions and whatnot, because I thought maybe what I was lacking was spiritual. Mm-hmm. And then I ran into that book by D.T. Suzuki, <clears throat> Introduction to Zen, which introduced me to the idea of meditation, which I later learned was a huge part of Christianity up until recently, which when they threw it out incorrectly. Yeah, oh, and then um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, in fact, the 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 most uh, accurate. Portion of Christianity left in the world today from the original Christianity is Eastern Orthodox Christianity, which is practiced in Asia and Russia, and they are entirely about meditation and mm-hmm. uh, finding visio beatifica, which is uh, visio uh, beatific beatifica. vision, which is uh, enlightenment. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're it's Christian religion is completely left enlightenment. Out. It's
2: like yeah, the Christianity today. Sorry to cut you off. Is just. It feels totally stripped of, of really anything. And I was someone who was, was very deeply religious growing up. And so uh, I took it upon myself to jump from one different uh, denomination to another because there are lots of different denominations. Right. Uh, and so I went from reform to unorthodox to Pentecostal to Lutheran, you know, just testing them all out because I was looking for something in particular. And that was enlightenment. Um, yeah. So it's like you said, it's it's very interesting. You know, it it makes a lot of sense coming from that.
1: Yeah, and so I, I I was, you know, so I learned that that these guys who were these Zen guys sat around and they meditated in this uncomfortable position, and uh, but one of the things that was supposed to happen was that if you ceased conscious thought, that was the catalyst that could allow for an expansion of awareness that allowed you to understand the truth of your own existence and the reality of the universe whatever that was whatever words mm. that they used in that book to try to explain this and that's all I knew so I was like all right I'm gonna start trying this meditation thing and and maybe think about uh, stopping my mind from conscious thought
2: all right
1: that's all I knew and I and it was only later that I found out that um, according to a lot of theologians Zen Buddhism has the highest number of enlightened folks per capita so maybe from a process standpoint that you're talking about, um, they it's, might have a good process to okay. get the mind there naturally, which which is to cease conscious thought. But um, I was reading these Zen koans and you know starting to just dig a little bit into Zen and just figure out what this was all about. And I really didn't understand any of the Koans and it's like what the fuck is this stuff? You know it's like mm. so, sorry if you guys don't curse. I curse Oh, oh yeah. no, no you're fine. We're you're fine. We're, <laughs> we're humans.
2: <Yeah. laughs>
1: so um but there was one that i read one day that said the master uh asked yeshan uh or no yeshan asked the master it was uh what does one think about uh when meditating and the master replied one thinks of not thinking
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> And Yeshan <laughs> goes how do you think about not thinking and the master goes in in perfect order by not thinking (laughs) (laughs) circular logic right because by the way all zen koans are supposed to be mental riddles that you can't solve mentally because enlightenment doesn't come through mentally it doesn't come through by something you learn or something that you read or something you're like aha you know i figured it out yeah yeah right doesn't Mm -hmm. doesn't happen cognitively you cannot think your way into into enlightenment Mm -hmm. um and uh so at that point i was like all right damn it I'm going to force my mind into not thinking. And that on that day, when I entered the meditation, it was with a forceful, it wasn't with a, oh, we're just going to be, you know, all kumbaya and relax and just allow whatever happens. Although I had a little bit of that. I had a little bit of, you know, I'm just going to allow for whatever happens to occur. But um, I started that day with a little bit of a prayer because I was, you got to remember, I was coming at it from a, you know, I have a good relationship with the creator. And so I wanted to know more. And so I reached out into what I perceived to be, I don't know, the universe, ether, whatever it was, to say with the, my core internal being. And I didn't really understand what portion of me I understand it now, but I didn't understand then what portion of me I was reaching out with, into what I didn't know. Now I know. Um, and I said, look, if you want me to know more or if you want me to know period i'm here and that's it that's all i said and then i started the meditation with um basically an exercise of trying to cease all conscious thought and which is
0: super
1: hard to do mm-hmm. the way because everything that comes through your mind is a thought uh even the the images, like, you know, I close my eyes so I re- reduce the images, but then you have imaginary images that come through, and that's a thought. The noise from the dog barking two doors down is a thought because you, you know, your brain goes, Oh, there's the dog barking, you know, it's like, and then you have those thoughts. There's like, Am I thinking anything? It's like,
0: shut <laughs> now up. No, I am. I don't think.
1: Right. So, yeah. And so I went through that whole thing. But then after about 20 minutes in, that's when the magic started to occur. And initially like what you were talking about a a few minutes ago it scared the living shit out of me Mm -hmm. because i felt a power energy build up from within me that was foreign first of all i'd never experienced anything like that before and the energy levels that i was experiencing were alarming to the point that even through the whole process like all the way till the very very end i thought i was dead um, and I thought, oh. I, and by the way, the, the process of time dilation mm. was literally thousands of years long. I had enough experiences within that time frame. And I understand now it was probably a 30 to 45 minute window that I experienced all this stuff as the neurotransmitters and the chemical soup that creates the enlightenment experience within us was mm-hmm. catal- you know, um, metabolized over time and, and drawn back out of the system. Um, there were thousands of years of experiences in that in that time frame in that window. And then when I was just when I was coming back to my body, because even when I started to come back, I thought, "Oh, I'm going back to be a new baby." This <laughs> it was that this, long. This kind oh, wow. of sucks, <laughs> you know. It's like, <laughs> wait, I wait, I just I just figured everything out. Now I got to go back. Yep. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but then I figured out I was coming back to my own body, and I was really confused, but um yeah so that that whole thing um started from a buildup of energy and i felt the whole kundalini thing i felt the energy and the heat rising up the spine and creating an immense pressure in the top of my head that felt like it was gonna you know my head was gonna explode Mm -hmm. and uh and then and then it, it literally popped through with this almost audible pop that was like and, mm. and then yeah. and then you know then absolutely you know i was sucked into this vortex of energy and i thought i'd left my body i was i literally thought i was leaving my body and probably mm. was from a, a consciousness perspective but i literally thought like this is it i'm having a heart attack i'm dying there's gonna be no one to take care of my mom uh <laughs> down here and uh you know it's like Uh, this is it like you know my dad died of a heart attack and i was like oh great i got his genetics and here i go Mm. Mm. and i literally thought i was dying um and thought i was dead through the whole thing wow and then it was only when i came back and took my first breath which from a physiological perspective felt like i might have been not breathing for a good 40 45 minutes because my body was Starved for oxygen. <laughs> I had to breathe deeply for a long time before my mm. body felt any sense of normalcy. Like everything was tingling. Like, uh, you know, everything was asleep. Like I wasn't getting enough oxygen. Mm. Uh, all of my muscles were like tingly asleep. Like your foot goes. I asleep. imagine all that would have been terrifying.
2: Yeah. Oh my god! Oh it's my like, god. oh, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my
1: god! Oh man! And, and I figured out the fear thing, by the way. And, and here's the thing: if you guys are ever out there and you and you run into the wall of fear, <clears throat> doing anything, doing anything, consciousness expansion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's why, and it's explained in this book. Um, but there's a science behind it, and this is dead to right scientific truth. There is a ego existence, your, which is called your sense of self. That's mm-hmm. a real thing in your mind. And the sense of self is there because it had your your brain has to have an answer to what do I need to protect? Because your limbic system is there, looking through all of your senses, saying, "Is this a threat? Is this a threat? Is this idea a threat?" Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I gotta go click a button on my computer. Hold on, something think? came up. And I was like, <laughs> "It's on your face." Hold on. Oh no.
0: Dun,
1: dun, dun. Part
2: out. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. You're good. We're not... <laughs> This is why i don 't go live
1: so the, the limbic system looks around and says, "Okay, is, is any of this stuff around us a threat, and that 's a, a a propagation of the species type of thing it 's a survival mechanism. Well, then a second question must be asked: a threat to what? Mm-hmm. Because if I see a leaf cutter ant across the room, I need to understand whether I have leaves or not to understand whether the leaf cutter ant's going to be a threat to me. If I have leaves it's a threat to me if, it's, if I don't, then it 's not. So I have to have a definition of self in my head. Now, that definition of self is the basis for all of our emotional strife throughout all of our life. And particularly when we're going through an awakening experience, the egoic self, the sense of self that is inside your brain and connected with your physiology, that falls under threat. Hmm. Because at the point that your egoic existence, your sense of self-existence experiences at any point in your life, um a threat to self a threat to something on your self map and this is a very complex thing that occurs in your brain it starts with your body where you say hey this is me but then all of a sudden you start to get your ideas of identity um you start to add your life story into this thing you start to add your belief system your religion your politics your uh job um your spouse the people around you and all this has been scientifically validated that all of these things wind up on a, a map that says, this is the thing that is me. And at any point that any one of those things on this map comes into a threat, then fear is generated. And fear is a survival thing that's supposed to help you go from surviving from today into tomorrow. And it's supposed to help uh, propagate the species and things like that. Well, when you have a spiritual, religious consciousness expansion, whatever words you want to use experience, then the sense of self experiences that bigger thing that is your true self and the whole thing, the whole map, the whole existence, all of your ego, your whole sense of self comes into threat. Why? Because the real you is standing right here saying, I'm immortal, what you got, right? Mm -hmm. And so your sense of self um, creates a horrible fear, a horrible terror. I mean, I was scared to death what was happening when non-local consciousness opened up and said hey we're gonna go take a walk and I was like fuck that um and so there was a huge horror uh that accompanied this whole thing until I let go and was devoid of um the physiological operation of the body because all the senses shut down I couldn't see couldn't smell couldn't hear couldn't uh, taste anything I was not anywhere close to um, my body's existence. And so the horror, the the fear that happened right before that, because it was because of an egoic devaluation, a big demotion was about to happen to what I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> when you experience that fear, all of that, say this, here's your life lesson. When you experience that fear, lean into it. You cannot shy away from it and let it push you back from whatever it is that you are about to experience. Because the thing that you're about to experience is <laughs> it is the meaning of existence and all of life itself. And you have to go through it. You have to, you have to make it your number one goal in life to be able to find this and experience it because it, it first of all, it allows you to wipe all of your pain and suffering off of the slate. Um, and if you integrate it well, <clears throat> you will go throughout your entire life, never having to exist with fear or hate or anger or sadness or worry or regret, I mean you have these flashes of things that want to come up in your mind, but then immediately they get shunted to ground, and you don 't have to deal with them anymore and um, so when you have that fear, when you experience that fear,
2: lean into it that 's powerful mm-hmm. it makes me think of like like your the whole experience of like the fear moving into it like, so when i 'm talking to certain people uh, People that are usually very spiritual, I keep in mind a a few things that they correlate with my experiences. And your acknowledgement about fear in the experience is something that I've experienced a lot, uh, especially with my first astral projection experience. Uh, and if you've read uh, Journeys Out of the Body by Robert Monroe, or you know different accounts of people's experiences, they say that initial projection is the scariest because that ego death is happening. I was, my astral projection experience went like many others. You know, I, I was there at that moment and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then the vibrations hit me. This crazy amount of energy is rushing through my body. And the next thing you know, like it's, it gets to the point where it's so intense that I think to myself, if this continues, I'm going to die. Right. Like if this, if this goes on, I'll be dead. Right. Um, And so I I can totally relate to you on that end. Uh, And that's one thing that I've been trying to do uh, on TikTok and on YouTube is bring down this barrier between what a lucid dream is, what astral projection is, uh, what awakening is, uh, these transcendental states of of consciousness. They're all the same thing. When you're outside of your body, when you're not in this linear frame of reality and you're experiencing something that's expanded – like you're already having these experiences. We just call it by different names depending on the society that you kind of hold yourself to. Exactly. So it's that's that's good stuff. And and the technique was simple. It was it very was. simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah, not thinking. Was, yeah, just not think. <laughs> just just stop thinking. That's
1: as yeah. you know,
0: easy to do. You know. I I'm actually somebody who experiences very intrusive thoughts, and so when you say like to discontinue conscious thought, you know, like that's the goal for enlightenment. I have to know, is it particular thoughts that you're trying to get away from or is it just generally conscious thought?
1: You know, from my experience, from what I understand, um, my my reading about it and then mm-hmm. my experiencing it, which, you know, surpassed all the reading about it. Mm-hmm. But the reading about it for the other folks was to cease conscious thought, period. It wasn't okay. to try to clear your mind of certain thoughts. It was mm-hmm. to clear your mind of all Everything. thoughts. And I understand mm-hmm. now that that, has a physiological function of, um, <clears throat> and, and here's how I see, maybe I'm right or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. In fact, all of the stuff that I, uh, communicate out to people is, uh, you know, my best guess, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know because everything that I experience is mediated by this three pound lump of jello. Right. Mm-hmm. And we all have to remember that <clears throat> every one of our spiritual experiences if we have a memory of it, it's in our hippocampus, which means our brain was operating during the time to record the thing in the first place. And so everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we perceive is mediated by the limited meat that we have up here on the top of our head. And so um, when when we're talking about ceasing conscious thought, <clears throat> for me, that says okay all of the normal limiting default mode network processing that goes through your mind that creates the narrative of me and the story of me and i should have said this during that argument and yada yada Mm -hmm. yada and all that bullshit um which is what your mind goes back to which is why they call it the default mode when you're not doing anything else like a task mode or or math problems or something like that you go back Mm -hmm. to this narrative of me Mm -hmm. if you stop conscious thought that stops that process. It stops whatever's going on in your mind that would normally be noise that could drown out what's occurring just on the other side of the silence. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I'm thinking about a good catalyst for creating an expansion experience um, and a lot of the mindfulness teachers that I know on the West Coast and a lot of the masters that I've talked to about this uh, to compare notes, uh, they're like, yeah, I think that there's something to that stopping of the regular brain wave functions to allow whatever can arise next to arise. Because if, if you think about it, um, you know, you want to use a, a simple car analogy. Uh, mm-hmm. if I allow you to run to the car or run, run, you use the car every day to run to uh seven to get your big gulp or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that I need my car at two o'clock to go down the street because that's the only time enlightenment happens. Mm-hmm. I have to stop you from using the car at two o'clock to go get your big gulp. So I can use the car to get on the street to find enlightenment. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the analogy that I, that I use there to say, you know, you have to, you you know, we're humans. And so we have this physiological limitation of meat. Mm -hmm. And so we have to play within those rules and within those bounds. And so if we're, we're talking about spiritual uh, enlightenment, we're talking about consciousness expansion. We're talking about different states of consciousness, um, you have to work with the with you know the the limitations that we have and and the mind that you 're given the brain that you have in your head and at the point that you um, start to look at it from that perspective, I think it becomes easier from Um, like an uninitiated or a newbie's perspective to say, okay, I just need to get my brain to do different things. And then, oh, okay, now we can learn about our emotions and turn those off and get those out of the way. Um, Now we can start to understand um, the science behind why I'm able to reach out into the ether and understand that the microtubules have been proven in our neurons to to interact with quantum field vibrations. And that means everything's non-local and all bets are off. So I can really believe in this and lean into it and yada, yada, yada. I think there's a whole... Big benefit of being able mm-hmm. to mix the science and the spirituality, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm a big believer that. Um, you know, no offense to anybody listening, but if anybody is like, Oh, you know, you need to forget science, <clears throat>
0: you
1: know, <laughs> I don't think so. Right. Uh, I think science and spirituality are running to the same conclusions, and anybody who says run from science, you might want to run from them. Just mm-hmm. my opinion,
0: but right, I think that it's away. awesome that you found your way on TikTok because, like, TikTok it has the younger generation on it. And as we can tell, the younger generation is the one that is the most in need of enlightenment, the most in need of happiness. I mean, we've gotten to a point now where most of the younger generation feels like, I mean, the future is just not a thing, you know? Like, where's, where's the planet going? Where, is, where are politics going? I mean, goodness, it feels like the country is just in chaos right now. Right. So there are so many young people that need this information. And what would you recommend to somebody who is like scrolling just in the middle of it, just having a a whole panic attack or depressive episode that scrolls to your content and sees that enlightenment, uh, how to reach that is clearing your thoughts. Like, what would you say to that person? Could they meditate in that like state or should they wait? No, you can stop.
1: Yeah, I would say meditate, start meditating as soon as possible because Mm -hmm. practice makes perfect and plasticity is a real thing. And plasticity is... Um, your mind's, or your brain's capability to change in form and function based on how you tell it to do something. So, just like mm-hmm. if you sit down at a piano and you suck, and then you put <laughs> a year into it, yeah. and then all of a sudden you can play some songs, and maybe you can play a song that you don't even have to think about playing because your muscle memory is taken over. Well, that's a subconscious layer of your mind that has said, oh, I'm going to help Mm -hmm. you play the piano. I'm going to get this stuff out of your way for you. Mm -hmm. And your brain literally changes in form and function. There's a whole bunch of studies that are connected with the brain that show that, you know, if you try to become better at crossword puzzles, you get better at it. They did this specifically with, um, in London with the knowledge, which is this big, huge cab driver test. Like they don't let anybody just drive a cab in London. You got to get this special cab driver's license and you have to pass this test that on average takes four years. And wow. seven attempts to pass. Wow. And so they studied the brain of these guys um, who are going to study for this thing. And their memory centers, of their, of their brain got bigger. And the white matter connecting all the memory centers, of the brain got bigger. And they have to memorize, you know, like 100,000 points of interest and in 2,500 major streets. And which way those streets go at uh, different parts of the day. Because one of them, you know, some are one way in the morning and the other way in the afternoon. they got to figure out without GPS how to get around London wow. just by doing it in their head. And so they've studied how the brain changes. Well, when you're talking about meditation, when you're talking about practicing happiness, when you're talking about practicing um, being a person who uh, expands their consciousness willfully a little bit, that happens more automatically over time the longer and longer you do it. So start as soon as possible to start meditating because that will start to change your brain in a positive fashion. There are tons of, there are dozens of studies that show how beneficial meditation is for your body and your health and yada 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 so even if you never have a consciousness expansion experience it will improve your life period which yeah. is awesome but then yeah. at the point that you start to build up that plasticity and it starts to go deeper in your meditation and it starts to become easier to go deep in your meditation and it starts to go easier into stopping your conscious thought mm-hmm. then that's when the magic can occur okay.
2: mm-hmm. Don't. yeah so, so. <laughs> it seems like the core message is uh predominantly that you need to silence your your thoughts obviously uh and this is like something you know something you hear all the time is just like you need to stop your thoughts uh you need to limit them right and so i, I get this I get this sense that, because stopping your thoughts is not an easy thing to do, naturally. Nope. Like, it's, it, we're thinking all the time, we're so used to the mental chatter, and I've heard Alan Watts say, if you're thinking all the time, you're not thinking about anything but thoughts, you know? Right. Uh, you, you're not actually experiencing reality at that point. Um, and it, it always makes me think, like, what... What do you do about these other meditative types like, you know, Kundalini meditations and meditations to open certain chakras and meditations to astral project? Uh, What do you think about them? Are they just, you know, extracurricular, don't need to be done sort of things or what's your take on that stuff?
1: Not at all. I think there are multiple paths to the same location. And I think um, if one doesn't work for you, it's okay to try as many as is possible as long as they've ultimately, you know, you want to have something, you don't want to listen to the guy who's uh, peeing on himself in the gutter down the street uh, telling you how to achieve enlightenment. You want to Preferably at least not. do a little bit of research um, to figure out that, you know, some type of um, disciplines or some type of approaches have resulted in others finding uh, enlightenment. And I think, you know, there are a lot out there that, you know, now that we have this communication age and are. Um, have the ability to talk across borders and things like that there's some amazing things that have come from the east um beyond meditation or that are different types of meditation because yoga is a physical meditation right Mm -hmm. and even in zen there are multiple types of meditation there's sitting meditation where you're just supposed to stop all conscious thought there's walking meditation Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's body scan meditation in that, you know, you put your attention on one thing at a time. You put your attention on, you know, what do my feet feel like? What do my legs feel like? What do my back feels like? Let's, let's relax these things one at a time. And that <clears throat> reduces your focus. Most of these things, even guided meditation, reduces your focus to listening to one thing or to thinking about one thing or to put your awareness on one thing, which is mm-hmm. right next door to putting your awareness on no thing. Right. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is the ceasing of the conscious thought, which is then allows your brain to open up and do different things. I don't think it has to be meditation. You know, a lot of people are never going to get there and they're going to lean on psychedelics. I think that's just fine. If you mm-hmm. find a 90% answer, I, thought, I don't know how you multiply infinity times 90% <laughs> and not get infinity, but um, if, you've, if you find yourself needing a little um, helper with an exogenous compound that has been proven safe. Uh, and effective in the human body, then, you know, hey, great, go do your thing and and expand your consciousness in that way. If you use Kundalini, awesome. If you use yoga, awesome. If you, um, uh, you know, there are a number of ways you fasting, fasting, you know, the, one mm-hmm. of the main reasons that fasting is included in all the major religions in the world is because when you reduce the amount of nutrients that are being pumped around in your blood, to where your brain can't think, Mm. boom enlightenment occurs holy shit what a novel idea right um mm. i think there are tons of uh a different paths that can be used to expand consciousness and have that experience and make no mistake um, a an experience has to occur <clears throat> and here's mm. why i think that based on the research that i've done on the human brain your sense of self isn't really sent or isn't really set by um, your top level conscious awareness Your sense of self is set by a subconscious awareness based on how you feel about things. Like if you have a great experience at a Cubs game and you're with your friends and you feel good and yada, 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 and there was a positive thing, then that level of your subconscious says, Cubs are awesome. We're going to be a Cubs fan. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. Cubs gets written onto your self map because of the feelings associated with that experience. Mm -hmm. And, any, and even like two plus two equals four, you get, a, you get a feeling of understanding when you see two apples and you see two more apples and you say, oh, my goodness, there's two and then there's two and then that makes four and they're grouping together. You feel a, a, mm. a point of understanding. Quick math. And somebody says, yay, you got it right. Great. Two plus two equals four. And you're like, yes, mm. two plus two equals four. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We did this. Right. Yes. That becomes that feeling. That experience is the moment of learning. That experience is the moment of integration. And so I think you do need to have an an experience to have a shift in your sense of self, which then by default, because your self makes up half of your emotional landscape, when you adjust this big self thing, then all of a sudden the emotional landscape stuff gets a lot easier because... um, the one of the main components that your brain uses to create your entire emotional landscape gets shifted which means your entire life gets shifted but mm-hmm. the only way to make that sense of self change is to have an experience within that helps change it because i think that's that's a hardwiring functionality of our human existence my opinion my opinion but there's a lot of science <laughs> to back it up hmm.
2: so so what are your thoughts uh what do you think <laughs> I,
1: well, I'm actually G-
2: give us your side of these questions yeah. Yeah, I, I I, I'm I, you're putting me on the spot <laughs> I'm actually uh, I'm one that thinks that yes there are many different ways to get to the mountaintop the mountaintop obviously being Uh, What we would say is enlightenment or this experiences of uh, non-dual reality or, you know, this, you know, source consciousness. Uh, I heard you calling it infinite intelligence reminds me of Earl Nightingale or uh, what was it? Uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, Mm. his book, Think and Grow Rich at, at the very last chapter of that book. He talks about uh, infinite intelligence, and then he starts to get a little bit woo woo in that section because he's yep. talking about like you know I would I would uh, just entertain these imaginary guests and I would talk to them and you know I would just get information and knowledge and uh, you hear stories about uh, uh, everyone's in love with uh, Tesla right now and uh, on on TikTok and I yep. said like your Tesla in the background yeah. there. <laughs> uh, I dig him. So, uh, I, I like him because the dude was
1: obviously enlightened, right? I mean, he, he tapped into, and and here's the thing I'm, I'm moving into the space of trying to understand from a scientific standpoint, what goes on. And I'm of the belief now, and I actually have a lot of folks who I've talked to who are world leading physicists who are coming to this same conclusion. And I just talked to Don Hoffman a week ago. Donald Hoffman is a major uh, voice in uh, proving the science of consciousness and mathematically proving that um, things are not the way they have been framed for us to believe that they are within quantum physics and quantum mechanics mm-hmm. um, and can prove mathematically that <clears throat> um, some really weird things like um, everything can come from absolutely nothing mathematically and they, that consciousness cannot be calculated by a computer or com- or computed. Uh, he proved that mathematically in a in a mathematical proof. Oh, well, if the um, math
2: says it, it's got to be true. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no. Right, and and understanding
1: that math is just a representation, it's just a language that we've built to try to understand the universe, but it mm-hmm. helps us calculate things pretty accurately, which is magic. Um, but um yeah, I I mean, I'm I'm of the thinking that qu- you know, quantum mechanics itself is based out of consciousness and The emergent properties aren't consciousness, you know, being an emergent property of the brain, but consciousness down being at the fundamental level of physics and the rest of the fields being an emergent property of consciousness. And the the proof that we're getting on that kind of stuff is just, you know, it's it's really mind-blowing in that, you know, they're doing like um, ions, um, I-O-N-S, is doing experimentation now to collapse wave functions of quantum experiments through remote viewing and meditation and things like that and they're finding results mm. like they're getting positive results like beyond uh, statistical probability results like yeah that we definitely collapsed wave functions in this quantum right. mechanics experiment with people focusing on this and and then there's um, we also interviewed roger nelson at Pear who had meditators adjusting random number generators right, which is a quantum uh, chip. Mm. And um, the meditators or the remote viewers or whatever focusing on the random number generator can <clears throat> affect the outcome of a quantum state system. Right. And, you know, then we have our, our regular quantum mechanics experiments that show when you look at something, um, it will collapse. And when you yeah. don't look at something, it won't collapse. And that's not a function of, now. people need to understand this. Mm. Everyone needs there's a lot going believing. on with this. Yeah, yeah. this. yeah, it's not the person. It's not mm. the person. You're not magic. I mean, looking at it collapses
2: is, the waveform, and now it's there because you've observed it. Yeah, that's the the typical thing yeah. people fall into.
1: Yeah, and the and the thing that people are missing is that consciousness is a non-local field. It's fundamental. It's connected with all the rest of the physics of the universe, and you are the loop back for the data to. Get back to consciousness. That's the only thing that's special about somebody collapsing a wave function, like in their <laughs> own physical existence, their own conscious, exi- you know, the body of the researcher collapses, mm-hmm. which officially it happens, but mm-hmm. it's not the it's not the person themselves. It's the fact that there is a loop back to consciousness, which we're connected via our microtubules, of our neurons. Mm-hmm that connects back to consciousness that's what collapses the wave function when the data needs to be uh, read by consciousness itself it's not the it's not the it's not the researcher themselves mm-hmm. there's nothing magic about the human body there's nothing like you know and this is why uh, schrodinger's cat would have collapsed its own wave function in the box box and not been both alive and dead at the same time because mm-hmm. the cat itself is conscious and the cat's Cells collapse Ooh. the wave
2: function of whether wow. or not the poison occurs <laughs> Broke that one up right there. That's a a good <laughs> dose of quantum physics science. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for you guys Sorry. right there. Like
1: a geek there on go. this stuff. Oh, I'm horrible about this stuff excellent excellent
2: no no i i love it personally um and that, that was one of the things that uh, showed uh cat if i was saying that right and uh ideas about like collapsing the wave i've been doing a lot of uh pbs space time youtube channel studying <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i love that um but like that's amazing uh studies of remote viewing and uh different things like that i think astral projection is just another type of remote viewing uh yes it's, it's another type of moving your consciousness and a lot of people have this uh misconception that your spirit is leaving your body. And I don't feel like that's true because you wouldn't be alive if your spirit wasn't in the body. Uh, as far as like the, the mechanics mm-hmm. that I believe is that the body is being animated by the spirit. Um, yep. but it, it just brings a question of the, when you mention that, uh, the way you put it was we interact with, um, we interact with the wave or we're, we're just sending a signal back to consciousness that something's happening by right. being the observer. That reminds yeah. me of, um, I just recently read the uh, the assessment of the CIA, the CIA's assessment of the Gateway experience and oh, how yeah. he talks about the uh, hologram universe and I went down a huge rabbit hole about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, like what is all of this? You know, things that you know but you're just like, okay, now I can understand it. You know, I can it can kind of be explained. I don't understand a lot of it but it's like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, It just—it sounds like their idea behind, you know, if you have a bowl of water uh, and you drop a few pebbles in that water, it'll be ripples on the surface. And if you could flash freeze it and take it out of the bowl and now you just have a water mold of what's happening. Uh, I feel like that's what consciousness is and the way that you described it is that things are happening in this reality right now. And because we're observing them, we're letting consciousness know that we're interacting with things. and. It, it it like I said it sparked research on a whole a whole lot of different things and like hologram universe uh, theories and how when particles interact with each other it's like the only way that you know you're anything is based off of what you aren't and you know, right. you know and it's just mind-boggling yeah. stuff but I love it I love it so yeah. much <laughs> uh, what what's your take on um on the CIA documents that's a whole that, oh did you see uh, uh, I I don't know her name I think it's Stephanie on TikTok that she interviewed recently the uh, marketing director. Of yes. the uh, CIA program? Or that, not yeah. CIA program, I'm sorry, the um, Monroe Institute?
1: Yeah, I did see that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so there the a couple of questions there. The, the CIA <clears throat> documents I saw decades ago, because they were released in, I think, 2003,
2: something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, they were, they were out for a while.
1: And um, so my take on those is that, you know, there are some of us, all right. So if you become enlightened, or if you become a person who's lives in a conscious expanded conscious awareness, a lot of times you lose the attachments that are required to then be a part of these types of organizations um, that have specific attachments that you have to have and uh, etc it's a job um, yeah <laughs> yeah and so right and so they send people who have who don't have the capability of understanding the deepest truths of the science to investigate other people who seem to know a lot of stuff from where we don't know but maybe there's some other stuff that we don't understand and you have to understand that you know these uh these folks uh, who are in this type of a position to be on this cutting edge stuff already are probably read into the fact that aliens have been coming around for a long time and there's advanced technologies and we are not the end-all be-all of existence and there might be a lot of stuff that we don't yet understand because how do these uh, beings communicate telepathically and you know all these things that uh like you know just recently in 2020 I think it was basically began 2020 of If you believe in aliens, you're the crackpot. And by the end Mm -hmm. of 2020, if you don't believe in aliens, you're the crackpot. Right. (laughs) So um, like with the phenomenon movie of that, uh, that amazing story in South Africa where the children uh, in the middle of the day interacted with beings, a craft and beings three feet away. And uh, you know, from, from the time that they got them on the camera, 30 some odd years ago interviewing him right after the thing where you could tell these kids just aren't lying mm-hmm. um to you know today where they got him back on camera and you're like yep that's the same kid and they haven't changed their story at all and they're still really weirded out about it freaked out about it refused to talk about any of it to anyone besides the the camera sitting in front of them you know it's like uh the the folks who are sent from the cia to do the investigations for that kind of stuff knowing that you know we're not at the culmination of scientific or consciousness understanding. Mm. They try to go in and they do an analysis of this stuff. And so they get their best guess, right? They deliver you their best analysis, knowing what they know and not having any experience with the stuff personally. So there's going to be a limitation that you need to put into your assessment of reading any document that comes from a government institution about any of this stuff, Mm.
2: It's gonna be watered down a little
1: bit. Yeah, it's gonna be watered down and and frankly, there's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be some good information mm-hmm. that is given. There's gonna be some not so good information, or maybe inaccurate information that's given, or some crackpot that got into the mix and added mm-hmm. some information that you know somebody's gonna maybe believe because they don't know any better. Um, <clears throat> so I think you know, there's there's one side of that that you wanna with any type of those documents, you wanna read them with a grain of salt. And I'm not so enamored with the CIA analysis of all that stuff. I think the uh, from what I've seen of the Gateway Protocol, those those are great um, guided meditation tapes with mm-hmm. technology added, which is really cool. Because although the science of binaural beats isn't super amazing, I mean, there's actually even an argument that says monoral, uh excuse me monoral beats are, are more effective. Um, <laughs> Then, you know, you, you've got um, some science built into that that can help put the consciousness of your brain into unique states. And I like that. And I, I haven't gone through the whole thing yet. I'm kind of doing a self-analysis. Um, you know, I, do, I try to do a lot of stuff. i got a float tank downstairs Oh, uh, <sighs> that I spend some time in,
2: which is kind of Lucky? Cool. What? Oh, my God, Dude. Dude, thing. I've only been in that. I've, I've only been in a deprivation take once, and I was too tall for it. So, um, <laughs> here I I'm am bouncing around. Uh, yeah, I'm six two. It, it was it was too small for me. I was like I was too worried about fixing my position. Uh, you know, just like stopping myself from hitting the walls and stuff uh, yeah. to actually do anything. Yeah, but what what's that like? Oh, it's amazing. Because here's the thing: the magic
1: behind that, at least from my perspective, is. <clears throat> You know, right now we don't realize it because of the way our n- nervous system normalizes. And y- you'll know this with the functionality of people not being able to smell their own bad breath or their body odor or whatever. Or, like, you wake up in the middle of the night and you smell gas in the house. Your nose, your entire nervous system, first of all, only reports on the differences between things. So when you put your hand on the mm-hmm. stove, it's not that your your nervous system is reporting that, Oh my God, this is 180 degrees. We need to move the hand before cells start getting damaged. It simply reports, this is much hotter than it was a second ago, guys. <laughs> um so what's going and- on Yeah, and then the pain starts and you jerk the hand away involuntarily. By the way, a a neuron in your back makes that decision. doesn't even make it to your brain, Mm
2: -hmm. which is kind of cool. I mean, yeah, that that seems like it'd be much smarter just increase the reaction time.
1: Yeah, Yeah. totally, totally. And so when your nervous system um, is reporting on the differences of things, um, what was your question? Where were we going with that? I just Uh, lost my train of
2: thought. No, no, I I was asking about... um, the deprivation oh, the tank. tank, yeah. Yeah, the
1: float tank. So so the difference between like right now you're you're not even realizing that you can feel where your butt hits the chair. But now that oh now that now I that said something, said it, yeah. Yeah, now that your awareness goes to it,
2: mm-hmm. now
1: you feel. And now if you if you go to a more subtle uh, perception, you can feel where your skin stops and the air around you starts. If you just concentrate for a second, you can make that happen. Now that's because there is a difference of temperature in the air you your body's quit you're reporting on the differences and it quit reporting that you know you know it's like okay well there's air around us and you're like okay good thanks appreciate it you know and it's if your if your nervous system kept reporting yeah there's still air around us you know you're you're you know you'd waste a lot of cycles you'd waste you know you'd probably miss the bear walking out of the woods and then you'd be dead etc mm. so your nervous system <sighs> shuts yeah. off a lot of the stuff that you acknowledge Well, when you're in a float tank, there is in the, you're in a, a, First of all, the, the salt, if you don't understand what a float tank is, the big body of water and you put a bunch of salt in it to where the salinity is just like almost to the point of crystallization mm-hmm. to where it makes it much easier for you to float. Like if you've ever floated in a pool and your body is like, you know, your water's up to here and you're barely breathing and you got to focus so you don't sink, mm-hmm. not like that in a salt tank at all. When you're in a salt tank, the salinity of the water literally puts you floating where half of your body is in the water and half of your body is out of the water. Then the other thing that happens is... Your body is supported from gravity by mathematically an infinite number of touch points because the water is touching you absolutely everywhere on one half your body. So even though it's not an infinite number of touch points, it's equally dispersed across a large number of touch points down to the plank length. So you're being supported by everything equally. And the temperature of the water is exactly your skin temperature. So the, the line of demarcation that you normally even subconsciously feel of this is me and this is out in the air and not me mm-hmm. goes away. There is no more difference between you and not you anymore in a float tank, which is one of the cool things that is required or that happens when a consciousness expansion experience starts to occur is that those lines of demarcation start to fizzle away and you start to become absolutely Mm -hmm. one with everything in the universe. And so starting in a float tank, great way to get halfway there or a portion of the way there to say, I don't feel the physical difference between my body and the rest of the universe anymore. And so that kind of knocks down one of the dominoes in your head that you kind of need to, uh, to get into a deeper space, kind of a cool thing to occur. Have you ever,
2: like how, how often have you gone into a float tank? Um, I've been in a float tank once. Um, it was a, it was a few years ago. It was an interesting experience. I noted that like it was, I couldn't distinguish between my body and, you know, um, You know, like uh, the temperature being the same and different things like that. And I started to get some some visuals with my closed eyes uh, from a conscious state. So that was very interesting. Um, But I haven't gone in since then. But but it is it is a cool idea to to mess around with. Now, is that something that you do regularly? Is that a a normal practice? Yeah, I try to. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we gotta get you TikTok TikTok famous, sir. We gotta get you a revenue stream, we gotta get you uh some merchandise going, gotta get a bunch of stuff hey, so man. you can get a float tank at your house <laughs> and you can get in there every day. Like I'll a big it. one. Like a
2: like a yeah. good eight foot long float Something tank. Something that you can could just in be in there. That'd be that'd be excellent. Oh, I definitely wanna come onto your podcast, man. You got me excited, i'm mouth watering over here watching you uh <laughs> <laughs> watching the little thing move back and forth. Very cool. Very cool.
1: Indeed. Yeah, it's it's fun well you know i mean you, you just want to make sure that everybody gets the the message
2: correctly honestly and and that's that's the biggest thing i feel like a lot of people have that desire uh, they just they just don't have someone there to to let them know it's real and and that was my biggest thing i started my youtube because of that like i had my astral projection experiences i've met my guides like these entities in the astral and you know i i met an angel In the physical, and, you know, I had these strange experiences, and I'm like, this is real stuff. It's actually happening. Yeah. Um, And people are searching for this. I'm going to give them this information in a way that's, you know, not behind a paywall, not anything that they can't access. It's like, hey, here it is. This is the information. Like, it's actually happening. So you can pursue it. And it's the same thing you're saying with, like, science uh, and the research that you did on the mind is that, like, it's been proven, the things in your book. um, and, And it's accurate. Uh, yep. And and, and I, I like that about you that you have a very strong uh, spiritual grounding with the research that you've done. And I don't think, I don't think you have to go to school for eight years to learn about you know physics in order to grasp some of these concepts. I may not know the math behind it, but I get the concept. I can't prove it mathematically, yep. but I know what's happening. Me too. Uh, I'm not there either, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I can
1: I can at least uh, explain it well enough that the layman can understand what I'm talking about, and mm. I can make a point salient enough and grounded enough that a physicist goes, "Yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, you know, like, pretty good. Yeah, we 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 can't explain a couple of the things that you're talking about, and yeah, there is a skeleton in the closet called consciousness that we try to ignore, mm. but you know, we can't leave it out of any of interp- in the any of the interpretations or quantum mechanics stops working
2: right so quantum mechanics is the thing man like uh, the introduction of that and strings theory and you know all that other cool stuff there's a lot of crazy things going on in our universe I, i was just uh tossing around the idea i was doing research on uh the taurus universe and how the universe is a is an egg you know it's like we're the Big Bang was a white hole, and now we're steadily going out and we're coming back around to a black hole, and it's just like, you know, redoing itself. I know that's a horrible way to explain it, <laughs> but my. <laughs> it's as good as any other. I mean, uh,
1: realistically, there are a lot of physicists who are, you know, trying to ignore consciousness who are, you know, I would say be more off the reservation than anything that we could say here that would be, you know, even partially woo woo without any scientific support, you know, just trying to ignore the fact that, um, you know, twins have been proven to be able to feel each other's pain. All right. Mm. Well, so, what's the mechanism, Mister Physicist? How does that happen? You know, mm. it's, uh, the the fact that uh, Joe McMonigle, uh can can look and identify where the Iranian hostages are to the where the point they send Delta Force in to go get those hostages based on his remote viewing of the of this right. scenario <laughs> across the globe. It's, yeah, like, it's like explain well, what's that, Mister Physicist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there, it's there, documented stuff. Mechanism. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a mechanism.
2: Uh, we, we're getting into some really good stuff, so I'll definitely have to have you on again or come sure. see you, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got time. That's one of the the best things about TikTok is now I've got mobility. I can be anywhere. I can, I'll just go anywhere now. You know, I don't have to have a <laughs> stationary job somewhere. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go, you know. Um, nice. Where are you located? I'm actually in uh, right outside of Chicago, about 30 minutes. Uh-oh. So it, it would be you- a little trip. I, you, you didn't
1: say anything when I said something earlier. Does that mean you're a white sox fan?
2: Uh, I'm actually not a big sports guy to be honest. That's, <laughs> well. that's how I get past that. <laughs> says, so what type of fan are you? None i you can either love me or hate me for that. <laughs> You yeah, know. I'm not really into a
1: big either. I got to tell you, I grew up as a as a kid as a Cubs fan. And so when they uh, started going, uh, when they went to the World Series uh, a few years back, I was like, all right, I'll buy a hat. And mm-hmm. then I got a hat and I got a sweatshirt. And, I got and, a and they just
2: stuff. got you. They got they you got from me. there. <laughs> all right. Back to my egoic identity. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Cubs. go ahead and uh, tell the people watching where they can uh, find more of you, uh, your book, your website, things like that.
1: Yeah, if you search um, Mind Hacking Happiness, you'll be able to find the, the books are on Amazon and Audible. I read them myself. Um, they said I'd do a good job. They're getting, I guess, 4.7 out of 5 stars, something like that. Book one is the one, if you're just interested in how to turn off your negative stuff, um, the red book in volume one is just the meat and potatoes of how your human mind works and how the process of your pain and suffering works and how to scientifically... Uh, turn it off which is kind of cool and then the second book goes deeper and then starts to explain non-local consciousness starts to explain the consciousness and why your pets are consciousness why your pets are conscious and and have uh, personalities and and that kind of thing but then also um, the history of enlightenment the enlightenment process my thoughts about it my experience as best I can recall it Um, caveat that it had to go through this, uh, jello brain. Mm. So, uh, take all that you read with a, a grain of salt that, um, my memory could be flawed or my perceptions could be flawed or in with anybody, by the way, don't mm. ever put your lock and stock into one individual trust what comes from within you. Mm. Um, and uh so you can find it there and then we got uh, like a i got a free 45 day mind mastery 101 course it used to be a thousand bucks that had 100 percent customer satisfaction because of covid because of people needing to get this information i made it zero dollars it's free on youtube so you can check that out um that has got right there yeah it's kind of fun to i mean i would love to just be able to give all this stuff away like if if mm-hmm. i didn't have to pay bills that's the that's, only problem
2: i feel you man That's a, that's the like, struggle like I got a
1: 10-year-old true. who needs to eat.
2: That, that's yeah. <laughs> you, it. you gotta got to tell me. I get it, man. I I get it. So I got to eat myself. <laughs>
1: it's yeah, exactly. It's like I'm stuck in this world of I want to give this information away, yet I have the special information which I can which is kind of unique mm-hmm. and uh, I can to give
2: it to people. Mm-hmm. Um but I need to I need to eat. Right. <laughs> so and you know, as you pour out on people, the you know, the universe is pouring back on you. People are pouring back on you so yeah, you know that's how it is. We help each other. We got to we got to do we
1: got to do some kind of amazing online course that is just fully encompassing. That says, "Hey, if you want to know from absolutely nothing to soup to nuts, from go to, to enlightenment, go. including astral projection, including remote viewing, including all of the fun little things mm-hmm. that people like to do with the non-local consciousness after they break through that initial barrier." We, we ought to throw that together and throw that out on the internet. I'm down. See,
2: Always down. See if Always down.
1: Get some benefit from that. We need to, we need to change this world, man. It's I happening. i um to tell you, my, um, my goal for this is world peace because hmm. um, the Dalai Lama said something about there is no path to world peace without inner peace. And I completely believe that because the point that we can understand ourselves beyond the, the limitation of our mind's self. Mm -hmm. then um, we'll stop thinking that our way of government is more important than somebody else's way of government or our financial... Uh, lobby uh, and model is more important than somebody else's or the need for our resources is is, uh, more important than somebody else's need for resources and we'll stop Mm -hmm. lobbing bombs across borders for differences of ideas and differences of opinion and at the point that we don't have to defend our sense of self anymore that is the path to world peace so yeah that's the that's the course i'm on
2: that's the best course to be on this noble man. Listen, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's that's true. I'm addicted to Rick and Morty. I got my vices. Don't, don't even start me on Rick and Morty. We could go down a whole rabbit hole talking about that and love that show. Well, I'm going to sign us out here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you want to see more of the Astral Mind podcast, there's a playlist on the YouTube channel, and you can also find it on anchor Spotify and all the other podcast outlets. Uh, again thank you guys for your support if you do want to support this yourself if you're watching and you like it and you're like i want to see more of this stuff click the link in the description below and consider becoming a patreon or supporting in any of the other link platforms down below do with what you can with this information guys there are many ways up the mountain and as always never stop adventuring Sweet.